Joe Biden rejects European pleas to extend the August 31st evacuation deadline, instead bowing before the Taliban, and the White House tries to spin the situation as a gigantic win. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't let big tech crack what you do. Anonymize your web browsing at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, you may have noticed that uh, inflation is just ranging out of control because, of course, it is. That's the way this goes these days. Well, here is the thing. In the recent budget proposal, the White House Budget Office forecast inflation for 2021 at 2.1%. In June, the actual inflation rate was 5.4%. Well, this would be a really good time to think about diversifying your assets and ensuring yourself against government-led inflation. Do not stick your head in the sand. Hedge your savings against inflation by diversifying into gold and silver with my friends over at Birch Gold Group. If you haven't reached out to Birch Gold to diversify part of your IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA, do it today. Text Ben to 474747. Get a free information kit on protecting your savings with gold. I buy my gold from Birch Gold. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers. Talk to them. Have them help you safeguard your retirement savings. Text Ben to 474747 to claim your free no-obligation info kit and to speak with a precious metals expert on holding gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. Again, text Ben to 474747. Protect your savings today. Ask all your questions. Get all your answers. And then think seriously about diversifying into gold and silver with my friends at Birch by texting Ben to 474747. All righty, so... The latest is that Joe Biden has now resisted pleas from our allies to extend the withdrawal deadline of August 31st. Now, remember, it was Joe Biden who originally set that deadline of August 31st. Joe Biden came in. He said, August 31st is the day that we are going to get out. And then we can celebrate the end of the Afghanistan war by September 11th. And then the Taliban took him up on that. And they said, OK, well, if you mean August 31st, then August 31st, it shall be. And now the Taliban is refusing to move off of that day, despite the fact that they've taken over Kabul and are apparently obstructing efforts to get people out of Kabul. So the European allies, the G7, they met with Joe Biden yesterday, and apparently they were telling him, we need you to give us more time, right? We have people on the ground there. We need American troops on the ground beyond August 31st so we can get our people out. And Joe Biden said no. He said that staying brings, quote, added risk to our troops with increasing threats from ISIS. Well, you know what would have been really nice at this point? If you think about it, what would have been awesome is if, let's say we had, you know, a skeleton crew, like 2,500 troops with Bagram Air Base under our control. And let's say that we had an Afghan National Army capable of beating back the Taliban because they had close air support from the United States as well as civilian contractors on the ground holding the major cities in Afghanistan so that we could work on evacuating people if they wanted to get out. And let's say that we had had that like, um, you know, three months ago. Oh, Yes, indeed, we did. And then Joe Biden decided, you know, it'd be a great idea. What if we just take out all the soldiers and leave everything else behind? And then shockingly, we now have to put soldiers back in to get everybody else out. And now we're going to do this a second time. We're going to precipitously withdraw our military in the middle of an evacuation effort. Now, Joe Biden says that the evacuation effort, right, the, the precipitous withdrawal of the military, it makes no difference says Joe Biden. It's not a big deal because the people that we're getting out, they're really not helping with the evacuation yet. It's not it's not that big a deal. Here is the problem. It is a rather large deal. We are already removing people from on the ground right now. And no matter how many times Joe Biden says, well, you know, we can still remove people. Here's the, if we're at by August 31st, we have to start removing American soldiers from the ground in Kabul today. Right? And we have. We have started removing American soldiers from the ground in Kabul as people are attempting to get to the airport. Now, that's all fun and games right? until it comes time for the mass evacuations to happen. And we need more people on the ground. All of this, really, all of this springs 
from a peculiar ideological failing of Joe Biden when it comes to the American military. Joe Biden believes that leaving Americans behind in Kabul is less important than getting American soldiers out of Kabul. That is the basic calculation that is going on right now. He believes that Americans will just forget about what's going on in Kabul. That if Americans are left behind, which undoubtedly there will be, particularly outside of Kabul, because we're, right now we're just talking about the Americans who are in Kabul. There's still presumably hundreds or thousands of Americans who are outside of Kabul, still in Afghanistan, who may want to get out. We have no way of getting them out now. His belief is that if he can just brazen this out for a couple more weeks, if he can just brazen this out to the point where the vast majority of Americans are out of country, the media will turn from yelling at him to praising him for ending the war in Afghanistan. Americans will forget about everything bad that is happening in Afghanistan. And it just won't be on the front pages anymore. And everything will go back to normal, except he'll get credit for ending the Afghanistan war. That is Joe Biden's main calculation. Americans won't care about the midterm or long-term strategic consequences of pulling out of Afghanistan. Already, that's been pushed into the background. The acute crisis on the ground in Kabul has made people already forget and really not care very much about the fact that China is sweeping in, that Russia is very eager for the United States to leave Afghanistan, that Iran is very eager about all of this, that the United States just lost its air bases, not just in Afghanistan, but also in Pakistan, right? The American people like are not even thinking about that stuff right now. They're just thinking about the acute crisis. So Biden's belief is if we can just get past this acute crisis, if we mostly solve the acute crisis, most people will leave us alone and my approval ratings will start to go back up again. He's now down to 41% in the approval ratings. What he can't have, however, in his own political calculation is attacks on American troops by ISIS, which is, again, a very bizarre calculation because American soldiers are there to repel attacks from terrorists to protect American citizens. Joe Biden's logic, however, is if we have to leave American citizens there to prevent attacks from ISIS on American troops, we will do that. That is the precise reverse of what the American military exists to do. The American military exists to break things and kill people in defense of Americans. Joe Biden's belief is that Americans should continue to be in danger. American civilians should continue to be in danger so that we can protect American troops. That's not the way any of this works. Civilians are not there to protect the military. The military is there to protect civilians. And if you ask anyone serving in the military, they agree with this. This is not an anti-military point. This is a definitional point. If you ask anyone in the military, what is your job? They would say, my job is to protect Americans. Joe Biden believes that apparently the Americans who are stuck on the ground in Kabul are less important than getting the troops out because ISIS might attack the American troops at Kabul airport. Again, that is only happening as a direct result of Joe Biden withdrawing what military we had from Afghanistan in the first place and also destroying the Afghan military from the inside. Remember, the entire Afghan military had been built along the lines of working with the American military in terms of being able to call in close air support and use both the American Air Force as well as the nascent Afghan Air Force, which required American upkeep. Joe Biden withdrew all of that. And so the forces just dissolved. Joe Biden's original plan as of July was that the U.S. would leave, the Afghan National Army would, would, would probably hold for another few months and then it would probably collapse. And then he would say, well, it was going to happen anyway. But it didn't happen that way. As soon as the U.S. withdrew, the entire thing collapsed. And now you've got Americans trapped. And Joe Biden's highest priority is not getting the Americans who are on the ground in Kabul out. It is getting the soldiers out because he is afraid for two reasons. One, if there's an attack on American troops, the American troops are going to have to fire back. And then we're going to have to put real troop numbers back on the ground in Kabul. And the war that he was so eager about withdrawing from will have now been heightened to its greatest point since 2014 and will have no foothold in the country. Right, so that is his great fear is that we get drawn back into the war because he's such a moron and because he created this situation himself. That is fear number one is there will be attack on American troops. The, the second fear that he has is that 
the protraction of the conflict will lead to political consequences. So one is the conflict itself and one is the timeline of the conflict. He is hoping this whole thing is over by September 11th and then he can go back to watching Matlock and spooning cream of wheat into his addled mouth. Right? That, that, is his, that is his greatest and most ardent desire. And all they have to do to get there is just keep lying to you and keep fibbing to you and keep hoping that you stop paying attention. And instead you pay attention to their budget deals and instead you pay attention to COVID. It's, it's wag the everything else in order to distract from what's going on in Afghanistan. And again, the baseline for success is now set so low in Afghanistan that if we get out the majority of the Americans who are on the ground, Joe Biden is going to call it a success. If we get out the vast majority of the Americans who are on the ground, we leave a few behind, but we get everybody else out. He's going to call that a success and say, well, it was always going to go this way. He's already saying this like right now. They're already calling it a huge success and saying it was already going to go this way, even though it was not destined to go this way. This is a Joe Biden decision, pure and simple. And even though it is certainly not a huge success, the whole point, for example, of the evacuation of Dunkirk was to preserve the British army to fight the Nazis afterward. It is not called a success when you retreat in the face of a 8th century goat herding barbarian army for no reason other than your own vanity, which is what Joe Biden did right here. So here's the latest from The New York Times. President Biden said Tuesday the U.S. intended to withdraw completely from Afghanistan at the end of the month. As planned, rebuffing pleas from Britain, France, and other NATO allies to keep troops in Kabul and hastening the end of a frantic evacuation that has become a grim coda to two decades of war. Again, even the way the New York Times phrases this, a grim coda to two decades of war. The United States had lost zero troops in combat since February of 2020. The main American effort in the war ended in 2014. All media coverage is directed toward the idea that it was a, it was a bare bones necessity for the United States to get out of Afghanistan completely. That is not true. And by polling data, by the way, the polls suggest that Americans wanted out of Afghanistan. But if you said to Americans, should we leave like a skeleton force in there in a non-combat facility to advise the Afghan military? Most Americans are like, okay, because we do that everywhere. We have American troops all over the world. We have American troops in probably over 100 countries at this point. Even as Mr. Biden spoke from the White House, officials said the United States had already begun to reduce its military presence at Hamid Karzai International Airport in Kabul sending about 300 of the 5,800 Marines and soldiers home in anticipation of the conclusion of their rescue mission within a week. The sooner we can finish, the better, said the president, hours after informing world leaders of his intentions during an emergency virtual meeting, citing the threat from ISIS-K, which is like Special K, except with Islamic terrorists, and operating in Afghanistan. He said, every day we're on the ground is another day we know that ISIS-K is seeking to target the airport, attack both U.S. and allied forces and innocent civilians. Yeah, it would be great if we had like a military presence that could kill those bastards, wouldn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I wonder where that went. Biden didn't close the door to extending what has become an immense evacuation effort. He said he has contingency plans, but um, I, I don't trust him on that because he said this was all planned in the first place. Remember, it was all part of the plan. Joe Biden has now taken on the full Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight perspective of the Joker, which is nobody panics if you have a plan. OK, well, there's no plan. You're just saying there's a plan. And we all know this. We all know this. So the troop drawdown has begun, according to Stars and Stripes. The, the president stuck to his deadline on Tuesday. His decision came as the Taliban warned it would not accept a deadline extension. That's the real reason. It's not because Joe Biden thinks we're going to be done by August 31st. He knows we're not going to be done by August 31st. You can't find a single person in an intelligence or a defense position who believes that everyone who needs to be evacuated will be evacuated by August 31st. They do not exist. Okay, this is across the aisle. There is bipartisan agreement across the aisle, but this will not be done by August 31st. What is the real reason that August 31st is the date? Because the Taliban, again, a bunch of barbarian goat herders from the 8th century, are 
telling Joe Biden, the president of the most powerful military force in the history of the world, what to do. That is how craven and pathetic and buffoonish this president is when it comes to foreign policy. I mean, that's unbelievable. The Taliban, the Taliban are saying, you guys better leave by August 31st. Now, the normal American response would be, or what? Or what? We have overwhelming air power. We have the most powerful military on planet Earth. And if you touch us, we will, we will bomb you forward into the Stone Age. If you, if you touch us, we still, you have no air force. We will still go in and we will kill so many of you, it will make your head swim. And then you can talk all you want about how you took over the country. You're going to have a lot of bodies to bury. So you're going to let us do what we need to do or we're not leaving. Right? We could do that. But Joe Biden is so scared of the bad headline of having to actually bomb the Taliban, his new peace partners, that he is now running PR for the Taliban. He is now enthralled to the Taliban. He is bowing before the Taliban. He works for them. This is unbelievable. A bunch of theocratic, fascistic, Islamo-fascists telling the president of the United States what to do with Americans stuck in Kabul. And he's like, well, all right. It's the most humiliating garbage I've ever seen from an American president. We've seen some pretty humiliating garbage from the American president. Ranging from the president having interns on their knees in the Oval Office to January 6th. I mean, we've seen some pretty bad stuff from American presidents in the course of my lifetime. Let me just say that this makes all of this look like nothing, like nothing. The president of the United States playing PR spokesperson for the Taliban. Remember, this is the group that housed the people who committed September 11th, killing 3,000 American citizens, refused to turn over Osama bin Laden. These are the exact same people, okay? It is not a different group. Mullah Omar's son is on the Taliban ruling council. The head of the Haqqani network, which is an al-Qaeda offshoot, is on the Taliban council and currently running security in Kabul. The co-founder of the Taliban with Mullah Omar is now back in power. It's the exact same human beings. And Joe Biden is not just taking their, their statements under advisement. He's just listening to them. So how many Americans are still left over there? Apparently, the, the Pentagon finally announced how many Americans were out. Now, you'll remember as of last week, it was like 2,200 Americans were out. And we kept saying over and over, members of the press, so how many Americans are out? How many Americans are out? People kept asking because the Biden administration was just giving overall evacuation figures, right? They were loading a lot of Afghans onto planes. And then they were saying it's 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, 70,000. And Americans are saying, okay, right, but how many of those are Americans? Because we've been told there are 10 to 15,000 Americans on the ground in Kabul alone. Forget about the rest of the country. Yesterday, the Pentagon said that there were some 4,000 American passport holders and their families who had been evacuated. So if you just do the math, you're still talking about, what, less than a third of the Americans in Kabul who have been evacuated at this point? Okay, our allies, of course, are absolutely enraged. That is no shock at all. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about a simple fact. When you're driving around in your car, a lot of people get car sick. My wife tends to suffer pretty severe car sickness. My sister as well. And let me tell you that the best solution to this is Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband. It has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemo, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy. It provides all-natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. It's almost like a magical, it really is almost magical. It's really cool. You wear this, this wristband, goes around your wrist. It has technology within it. And then because it presses on particular nerves that have an effect on nausea, it reduces your nausea. Relief Band works by stimulating that nerve in your wrist. It travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea and then blocks the signal that the brain is sending to the stomach telling you you are sick. 
Relief Band is the only over-the-counter wearable device that has been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. So if you know somebody who deals with nausea in any way, Relief Band makes a great gift. As I say, we've used it in my house. My wife gets car sick. No longer now with Relief Band. As the world is opening back up, don't let fear of nausea keep you on the sidelines right now. Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Ben Shapiro listeners. Go to reliefband.com. Use promo code Shapiro. You will receive 20% off plus free shipping. No questions asked. 30-day money-back guarantee. Head on over to R-E-L-I-E-F. B-A-N-D.com. Use our promo code Shapiro for 20% off plus free shipping. So our European allies who still have people on the ground, they say that that they are just outraged, like beyond belief. They say that this is the lowest point in U.S.-British relations since the Suez Canal crisis of 1956, and that this is called the special relationship into serious question. According to the UK Guardian, Britain's evacuation from Kabul is now expected to end within 24 to 36 hours, potentially abandoning thousands of Afghans, according to defense sources. The U.S. president rejected pleas from the U.K. for the humanitarian airlift to continue beyond August 31st. And this triggered claims from conservative MPs the, quote, special relationship is over and that U.S.-U.K. relations were about to enter their lowest point since Suez. After the G7, U.K. defense sources told The Guardian the U.S. military is believed to need two to three days to close down its operations at Kabul airport. British troops want to be at least 24 hours ahead of that. That means that basically everything has to start wrapping up within 24 hours of now. Right, Because if you're talking about August 31st, today is August 25th. That means we have six days to get out, and we need at least three days for the United States to get its military out. So that means that by August 28th, pretty much all the evacuation has to be done. Good luck. Good luck. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson focused on what he called a roadmap for future engagement with the Taliban. So now we're going to see the Europeans pretend that they're their economic impact on the Taliban is going to get them to stop acting like barbarians. Okay, so here's the president of the United States attempting to qual all of the all of the qualms of the American public. And the American public are, are very upset about this. His approval rating is down to 41%. And this doddering old fool is leading us. Here he was yesterday saying that we are on pace to finish by August 31st. However, that deadline relies on our good friends, the Taliban, to help us. We are currently on a pace to finish by... August the 31st. The sooner we can finish, the better. Each day of operations brings added risk to our troops. But the completion by August 31st depends upon the Taliban continuing to cooperate and allow access to the airport for those who were were transporting out and no disruptions to our operations. Oh, so it'll, it'll, it'll go great by August 31st. All it requires is for the Taliban to be our best friends. That's totally gonna happen, guys. By the way, there's only one way that actually happens, and that is if we are signing unbelievable, ungodly amounts of money over to the worst force on planet Earth. Now, is that really going to happen? Pretty much everybody says no. There are two representatives, Seth Moulton, Democrat of Massachusetts, and Peter Major from Michigan, Republican, and they secretly traveled into Kabul. The government is trying to push back on this by saying it was selfish of them to go to Kabul. Okay, first of all, they hitched a flight without the government knowing about it. They didn't hitch a flight back until they found a plane that had empty seats on it. Okay, but they released a statement, and this is why the government's really mad. This is why the White House is pissed. Because these two congressmen went there to survey the situation on the ground. And here is what they said. As members of Congress, we have a duty to provide oversight on the executive branch. There's no place in the world right now where oversight matters more. We conducted this visit in secret, speaking about it only after our departure to minimize the risk and disruption to the people on the ground, and because we were there to gather information, not to grandstand. We left on a plane with empty seats, seated in crew-only seats to ensure nobody who needed a seat would lose one because of our presence. Washington should be ashamed of the position we put our service members in. 
These men and women have been run ragged and are still running strong. Their empathy and dedication to duty are truly inspiring. The acts of heroism and selflessness we witnessed at, ha at Hamid Karzai International Airport make America proud. We came into this visit wanting, like most veterans, to push the president to extend the August 31st deadline. After talking with the commanders on the ground and seeing the situation here, it is obvious that because we started the evacuation so late, no matter what we do, we will not get everyone out on time, even by September 11th. Forget August 31st, September 11th. Sadly and frustratingly, getting our people out depends on maintaining the current bizarre relationship with the Taliban. And that is according to a member of Congress, a Democrat, Seth Moulton, and a Republican member of Congress, Peter Major. But Joe Biden says, don't worry, we're on pace to finish by August 31st. All we need is the help of the Taliban. Then Biden went on. He said, we're making contingency plans if necessary. Oh, really? How have those gone so far, your contingency plans? I believe him. I believe him. Here's Joe Biden lying to you. In addition, I've asked the Pentagon and the State Department for contingency plans to adjust the timetable should that become necessary. I'm determined to ensure that we complete our mission, this mission. I'm also mindful of the increasing risks that I've been I've been uh, briefed on and the need to factor those re those risks in. They're real and significant challenges that we also have to take into consideration. OK, then Joe Biden was going to be asked questions by the press. And so Joe Biden now treats the press the same way he treats the Taliban. He runs away from them. This is the very end of his press conference. He makes a five minute statement, something like five hours late, and then he just runs from the room. Uh, this is Biden's back better. You can see his you can see his back better as he walks away from the podium, not answering any questions. Thank you. Catch you later. Bye. How many images of the president running away from the press are we going to need to see before people start to realize that this guy's a joke? I mean, like fully a joke. There's all this talk about Donald Trump's bad relations with the press. You think Donald Trump would have been able to get away with it with the press if this disaster had occurred on his watch and then he had run away from the press every single day, like made a statement and then run headlong from the press. The problem for Republicans is Trump wanted to speak to the press too much. Joe Biden can't help running away from the press. His handlers do not want him out front. He is disquieting. He makes the world worse every time he opens his mouth on matters like this. And that is perfectly obvious to everyone. And he is also lying. Okay, the notion that we're getting everybody out by August 31st is a lie. The, the White House is already moving the bar. The White House is already admitting that none of the, that there's no question that we are going to be leaving Afghan allies who we promised help. Joe Biden said last month we were going to get them help. We are going to leave them on the ground and many of them are going to die. There's no question that's happening. But there's open question right now whether we even get all the Americans out. In fact, pretty much everybody agrees there is no opportunity for us to do so. So, for example, we are now in the we are now in the bizarre position in which Adam Schiff is telling us more truth than the White House, which is weird because Adam Schiff is terrible. Adam Schiff, the congressman from California, yesterday, he said it's very unlikely we can evacuate everybody by the end of the month. He said this after going to a classified briefing. I think it's possible, but I think it's uh, very unlikely, um, given the number of Americans who still need to be evacuated, the number of uh, SIVs, the number of others uh, who are uh, members of the, the Afghan press, uh, civil society leaders, women leaders. Um, it's hard for me to imagine all of that can be accomplished between now and the end of the month. Okay, so that's Adam Schiff. Okay, would you like more Democrats saying the same thing? Here's Representative Tom Malinowski saying this deadline is a mistake. The conditions have changed uh, for the worst in the last 24 hours. Uh, the Taliban 
uh, because of the mistake, I think, that we made of setting this artificial self-imposed deadline, they've now seized upon it, as you, as you said, and started blocking Afghans at risk from going to the airport. Hey, Representative Andy Kim, another Democrat, he says, yeah, there's no way we're going to finish this on time. This effort is one that has certainly led me to believe that, that the mission is not something that we can accomplish by the end of this month. And I strongly, urgently urge the president to reconsider uh, his uh, continued uh, aim towards August 31st to be able to get uh, our mission done. We will not be able to get our mission done by that time uh, based off of what I've seen and based off of what we've experienced so far. These are all Democrats. Here's Obama's Department of Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson saying, yeah, the airport's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. I believe that the situation at the airport is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. This is a country of 38 million people. We've got to deal with the the American citizens, those who qualify for special uh, immigrant visas, but then those who will also qualify for refugee status under our laws. And that population could snowball. How bad is the situation over there right now? Pretty damn bad. Richard Engel from NBC News tweeted out, the State Department is in such utter, complete, masterful control of the situation that yesterday they issued a last alert for U.S. citizens to leave Afghanistan or said they were on their own. And then 30 minutes later said, oh, yeah, oops. No, no, we're still here. Oops. I'm sure Americans who are stuck in Afghanistan feel very, I would say, sanguine about their prospects right now. Probably everything is fine. Meanwhile, the New York Times reporting that there are people who are showing up to the airport and then being turned away despite the fact that they have papers. I mean, there's a a story from the New York Times that a former CIA officer had helped bring something like 500 translators to the airport and um, they were were immediately rejected. On Sunday, there was a Matt Zeller, the former CIA officer who you've heard talk on CNN. He said that uh, veterans and contacts in Afghanistan organized an operation to bring to the airport some 500 SIV holders who are, these. this is a special visa holders, who are considered at high risk of Taliban reprisals. They were able to get the Afghans inside the airport. Then they were turned back at what he described as a State Department checkpoint. On Monday evening, according to Zeller, Taliban soldiers approached the Afghans outside the airport gate and separated them according to their paperwork, telling visa holders they would not be allowed to enter. Fearing that opportunities to get their colleagues safely out of Afghanistan were tightening, the veterans worked on evacuation from afar, describing feelings of helplessness. I feel a moral obligation to get these people out, said Trip Adams, an army veteran who's been working on the effort. When you're halfway across the world and you can't do anything, when hardened warriors are calling me and they're cracking, this is going to destroy a generation of veterans. In Kabul, Afghans who worked for the U.S. government and secured special immigrant visas said they had received emails from the State Department asking them to come to the airport, and then they get there, and then they're turned back. It's a complete and utter cluster F. It's a disaster area. Meanwhile, of course, the kinder and gentler Taliban are beating women to death for not cooking. According to Hot Air, in the space of a single week, reliable news coverage from any part of Afghanistan other than Kabul has become increasingly hard to come by. As the Taliban solidifies their control of the nation, says Jazz Shaw of Hot Air, there are still some media outlets with boots on the ground out in the more remote provinces. One story was picked up by CNN earlier this week telling a tale that took place earlier in the month before the Taliban captured the capital. The incident was reported in Faryab province, well to the north. It was one of the earlier provinces the Taliban retook. A woman pseudonymously identified as Najia and her daughter Manija 
had been visited for three nights in a row by groups of more than a dozen Taliban fighters. They demanded Najia cook dinner for them, quickly running out of food for her own family. She protested she was too poor to continue to host them. So they beat her to death. Najia's daughter, Manisha, 25, knew they were coming. Her mother had told her they'd done the same thing the previous three days, demanding she cook food for up to 15 fighters. My mother told them, I'm poor. How can I cook for you, said Manisha. The Taliban started beating her. My mother collapsed. They hit her with their guns, AK-47s. Manisha said she yelled at the fighters to stop. They paused for a moment before they threw a grenade into the next room and fleeing as the flames spread. The mother of four died from the beating. Nishia's village was overrun by the Taliban so quickly, some women reported not having time to go shop for a burqa. Some of them reported being severely beaten in the streets for then not being properly attired. Good thing that the United States sent gender advisors to the country. That, 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 that definitely worked. Also, Taliban spokespeople who say that women have rights in Afghanistan... They, they do. They have they just in compliance with Sharia law, but they have rights. A Taliban spokesperson is now urging women to stay home because the fighters, you know, they, while we want to be tolerant, the fighters have not been trained to respect women. The spokesperson, Zabihullah Mujahid, called it a temporary policy intended to protect women until the Taliban could ensure their safety. He said, we're worried our forces who are new and have not yet been trained very well may mistreat women. We don't want our forces, God forbid, to harm or harass women. Yeah, if there's one thing the Taliban is for, it's, it's, it's for protecting women protecting the status of women. It is no wonder that there is video now emerging from Afghanistan of Afghan men who have worked with the U.S. military yelling at Joe Biden. This is not a shock, nor is it unjustified. Here is one such video. Mr. Biden, you did this. You planned this. You made the deal with the Taliban. This is the consequences of it. This is the repercussions of it. Mr. Biden, it's your ill calculation. You were against Trump. Now we are against you. Go to hell, Biden. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, well, the good news is it's all everything's going great. So the goal here, and th this has been a, a typical habit of the Biden administration, is you say that you set the goalposts really, really close. So then if you overcome the goalposts, you say that you've done an amazing job. So you remember that the Biden administration did this, for example, with the COVID vaccine rollout. They said, if we get to a million shots a day, we are so good at our job. By the time they took office, we were already doing a million shots a day. And then they were like, oh, man, look how good we are at this. We're doing a million shots a day. So they do this sort of stuff routinely where they set the, the bar really, really low, like so low that Michael Moore could jump it easily. Right. It's like the lowest bar in the entire world. All the forces of gravity could not prevent them from overcoming this tiny, tiny little bar. Right. Well, that is what they are now doing with Afghanistan. So they completely gave up a country of 38 million people, 19 million of whom are women who will be forced into, uh, who will be routinely raped for the rest of their lives, many large swaths of this. Not only that, they're leaving thousands of Americans right now without a way to get out in Kabul. But there are flights leaving Kabul airport. So that means that everything is going great. In fact, says Jen Psaki, this is, the, this is a massive success. What you're watching on the ground, as Afghans plummet from 3,000 feet down onto the tarmac and explode, as you watch the Americans in, in, in Kabul, attempting to get out and being beaten by the Taliban. As you watch American soldiers breaking down because they can't help their friends who served with them in the Afghan army. This is all a massive success. It's a massive success. Some might suggest this is a big lie. Some might say that. Here is, here is Jen Psaki. I would say that this is now on track, Peter, to be the largest airlift in U.S. history. Uh, so, and that is a... a bringing American citizens out. It is bringing our Afghan partners out. It is bringing allies out. Uh, so no, I would not say that is anything but a success. It's, it's nothing but a success. Nothing but a success. 
It's an unbelievable success. See, we had this boat, and the boat was okay. It was on the water. It wasn't the greatest boat, but it was on the water. And we took some dynamite, and we put it below the water line, and then we just exploded it. And now there's water gushing in here. But let me tell you, we have lifeboats, and many of those lifeboats will be filled with passengers. Not all the passengers will get out alive. Some of them will drown. Some of them will end up at the bottom of the sea. Don't say this is a disaster. This is a massive success. It's a massive success. Never before. I mean, this is a big boat. It was a big boat. And that means that we're going to have a lot of lifeboats filled with people. In fact, this is the greatest lifeboat rescue of our lifetime. It is the greatest success in using lifeboats we have ever seen. Sure, it was us that put the dynamite below the waterline. And sure, we did light the fuse. And sure, we did explode it and let the water start pouring in like Poseidon Adventure. But the real thing you need to focus on is that never before, we're setting like a Guinness Book of World Records for how many people we are evacuating from a place we just trashed. I mean, look at us. We are so good at this, says Jen Psaki. You know how stupid she thinks you are? You, yes, you. And all Americans, you know how dumb she thinks you are? None of this had to happen. Zero of it. Zero of it. This is all Joe Biden's disaster from top to bottom. And here she is telling you it's a massive success. And how dare you think anything else? It is a ma- so Jen Psaki was then asked at this press conference, you know, we're all getting emails from people saying we're trying to evacuate people. Like I, like on this show, like the host of the show, I have gotten emails, multiple from people, many, many, many from people who have served with Afghans on the ground in Afghanistan and who want to get them out. And they're asking me, how do I get people? I forward them on to some people who are trying to facilitate. And I like, again, I'm like three steps removed from the people who served on the ground in Afghanistan. I, I didn't serve in the in the army. I'm not an officer in the army. I don't work for the State Department. I don't work for the government. I'm getting emails. And I'm forwarding them on to people who once served in the military or know people who served in the military. And those people in the military are then trying to get that to the State Department. They're trying to work with NGOs. It's a disaster area, okay? Well, Jen Psaki was asked about this. Her answer is, uh, shall we say, less than satisfying. This is a 24-7 operation. Embassies all over the world are supporting phone banking, text banking, and email efforts. If we are not in touch with this individual, give me their contact information and we will get in touch with them. If any of you are hearing from American citizens who can't reach us, give me their contact information and we will get in contact with them. Okay, how? Your DM's open there, Jen? How exactly do you think that it's going to happen? Okay, then she like it is so obvious what the agenda of the Biden administration here is. It is not to facilitate success. It is to cover their ass. That's what this is about. And covering their ass means covering for the Taliban and pretending that we have a solid deal with the Taliban on the ground and that everything is going to be hunky dory by August 31st. So start getting the troops out now. Well, again, their own description is 10 to 15,000 Americans were on the ground in Kabul. Their own description yesterday is that about 4,000 Americans are out. That leaves behind somewhere between, if my math is correct, 6,000 and 11,000 Americans, they still need to get out. And that's just in Kabul alone. That does not include any of the outlying areas. And there are many Americans out there because remember, the Taliban took over the country inside of like a week. Like this is this is madness. And it gets worse. I mean, Jen Psaki, the the left is um, slobbering over Jen Psaki and her incredible performance. I, I don't know what they're watching. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about a simple fact. If you are a responsible adult, you need life insurance. It is indeed that simple. If you're walking down the street and suddenly a brick falls from the heavens and just cracks you across the top of the head, as you lie bleeding out, you're going to think to yourself, you know what would have been a good idea? Having life insurance for my family. Or you could at least feel better about that because you'll have life insurance by going to Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. 
Why compare? You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save 1300 bucks or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius thousands of five-star reviews across Trustpilot and Google. And eligible applicants can get covered in as little as a week, thanks to an award-winning policy option that swaps the standard medical exam requirement for a simple phone call. This exclusive policy was recently rated number one by Forbes, higher than options from Ladder, Ethos, and Bestow. Getting started is simple. First, you head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle the paperwork and the scheduling for free. Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice and very important to get it right. All right, I'll get to more of this in just one second. First, on Monday, the FDA announced approval of the Pfizer vaccine, which is good. What is bad is that Joe Biden then decided it was time to urge private companies to mandate vaccines for their employees. Well, now is a, a good time between that and, uh, and President Biden completely botching Afghanistan. It is a good time to get together for backstage. There's a lot to talk about. Me, Jeremy Boring, Michael Moles, Matt Walsh, Andrew Cliven. I'm sure there'll be some hot, fraught debate. It streams tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central on dailywire.com or on our YouTube channel, Daily Wire. Do not miss it. Also, as you know, Matt Walsh is one of the most judgmental people on earth, which means he's not big on second chances, especially when it comes to your sweet baby gang anthem submission. Today is your last chance to submit your song to be the new sweet baby anthem. So if you want to capitalize on the opportunity for your song to be heard around the world, this is your last chance. He's looking for an original song that embodies the exact essence of the sweet baby gang. All submissions should be in the form of YouTube video links and will be judged American Idol style by me and other Daily Wire hosts. But you, the viewer, you will be voting on which song wins. To enter, go to dailywire.com slash SBG. Submissions end today, August 25th at midnight. So if you think you've got what it takes to impress Matt, your time is running out. Voting will take place on Labor Day. Tune in to the Matt Walsh YouTube channel to watch the judging of the submissions. The winner will be announced September 8th on the Matt Walsh Show and will wear the crown of the creator of the most important anthem to ever be anthemed again. This is your last chance. Remember, enter your song into the competition. Go to dailywire.com slash SBG. We all look forward to hearing it. Also, we have a really big announcement to share with you today. Deadline Hollywood just released the details and an exclusive photo of the Daily Wire's first original film. It's called Shut In. It's directed by DJ Caruso, executive produced by Daily Wire co-founders. Production on the thriller wrapped this weekend. It's going to be available to you, Daily Wire members, beginning in January 2022. So that will be the next movie from Daily Wire. Right, so we had Run, Hide, Fight. Now we have one called Shut In. It's excellent. It's really, really good. It's a tense thriller. The film is centered around a young single mother who's barricaded inside a pantry by her violent ex-boyfriend, using nothing but her voice to guide her two small children to escape escalating danger. It's intense. It's suspenseful. And it has the values you're looking for. The trailer for Shut In will be out soon. We know our members are going to love this film. We need your support, by the way, because when we entered the industry, we were sending Hollywood a message. You no longer have a monopoly on the film industry. The release of Shut In is the next step in proving it. We need your support, which is why you should go subscribe and help us out. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So again, the, the goal of the Biden administration is to just obscure what is happening in Afghanistan long enough for us to leave. And then they hope that you forget about everything that just happened. We've had some tens of thousands of Afghans who've been evacuated. We still have thousands of Americans on the ground in Kabul, which raises the question, why aren't those Americans the first ones out? I, I want the Afghans out too. We made promises to those people. Those people spent 20 years fighting wars in cahoots with the United States. They put their lives on the line for American interests because, yes, we have interests in Afghanistan against terrorism, which we're now going to pretend we don't have. 
for the sake of a dumb talking point. But if you're going to evacuate people and you're the American government, the first people you should be evacuating are American citizens. So where are they? Why can't we get them out? Why weren't they the first people out? The reason the Pentagon has been spending days obscuring how many people were Americans on those flights is because the number is really low. Again, a week ago, we had 2,200 Americans out. Today, we have 4,000 Americans out. We've been flying 10,000 American, 10,000 people out a day, 20,000 people out a day. Why aren't more Americans out? What are the obstacles? Why isn't this administration being honest with us? Well, Jen Psaki has one goal and one goal only, and that is to prevent people from using the word stranded. So once again, Jen Psaki and uh, Peter Ducey went over it went, uh, again, whether Americans are in fact stranded in Kabul. What do you say to the American citizen in Kabul that uh, Fox spoke to this morning? Her name is, Fa she's going by uh, Fatima. She says, we are stranded at home for four days, three days. We didn't hear anything from anywhere. And they're saying to go to the airport, but we're not being given clear guidance. Our emails are getting ignored. Say no Americans are stranded. This is someone in Kabul who says, I am stranded. Uh, so is, is there a better word for somebody who can't leave the house to get to the airport because Jake Sullivan says ISIS is outside the airport? What if, if I would welcome you providing their phone number and we will reach out to them today. Okay. Oh, we'll reach out to them. And if you give her their phone number, then they'll reach out. You know, that's and that's the important thing, right? They're not stranded because Jen Psaki told Peter Ducey, who is not a spokesperson or a lawyer for this woman or this woman herself, that she is on call. Well, great, Jen. I'm, I'm sure that person finds that super comforting and, and very, very, very helpful. By the way, Jen Psaki also said that, as everybody knows, when we say we have to be out by August 31st, that means civilian evacuations have to end before August 31st. Because, again, we have to get the military out, too. So here is Jen Psaki admitting as much. Does that mean that the evacuations will stop before the actual 31st? So then there is time to get the troops and their machinery and weaponry out of there? Uh, that would be correct, yes, that there would need to be time uh, to wind down the presence. I will note, though, that the purpose of this statement is to provide additional context of what the president conveyed to the G7, which includes a number of very key components as he assesses day by day. Oh, well, you know, he's, he's assessing it day by day. And if we know one thing, it is that Joe Biden is, is definitely on top of the news, which is why he has failed to actually be in concert with the news for weeks on end and was lying to the American public or was ignorant of what was actually going on. So if he's on top of it, Joe Biden is on top of it the same way that your grandmother in a nursing home is on top of the news. Sure. Okay. All right. By the way, Jen Psaki also admits there could be Americans left in Afghanistan after August 31st. This is saying the quiet part out loud right here. If one U.S. citizen was suddenly discovered, you know, saying, hey, I really want to get out and I'm stuck, who knows where, somewhere in Afghanistan or in Kabul, he's got any problem. Would this trigger a diplomatic, military, or hands-on-deck type thing to get that person out, whatever the date? Our commitment continues to be to U.S. citizens. If they want to leave, we will help get them out. Uh, again, we expect there could be some, uh, but I, I don't, I'm not going to get into it further. Go ahead. She's not going to get into it further. There could be Americans who are left in Afghanistan. We expect there will be Americans left in Afghanistan after August 31st, but then we'll be working back channels to try and get them out. You know, none of this had to happen. None of it. Hey, how delusional is all of this? How much do you trust this administration? Uh, I mean, I don't trust this administration further than I can throw it, which is not very far. The Taliban have said, we are not allowing people to get to the airport. Right? The Taliban spokesperson, in fact, came out and said, we are not going to allow Afghans any longer to exit the country. They said, quote, change your policy. Please don't encourage our friends to leave. Don't encourage our engineers, our doctors, our military. We need them. We are not in favor of allowing Afghans to leave. 
So the Taliban is closing the doors on Afghans trying to get out because they are either going to conscript them into the Taliban or they're going to murder them. But the good news is Jen Psaki says, well, you know, we are so, we expect the Taliban to let them leave. Here's Jen Psaki. We've seen over the past several of the past nine days, a rush of people attempt to come to the airport. We certainly understand that, but that also creates a security risk and one that we have great concern about. So to be clear, individuals who are eligible for special immigrant visas or others who we are helping facilitate their evacuation and their departure, we are in touch with them or working to be in touch with them about how and when to come to the airport, as well as American citizens, as you well know, and we expect that uh, they will be able to reach the airport. Oh, we expect that they'll be, well, and, and it's not like the Taliban's in control of security, lady. We'll get to more on that in just one moment. First, free. You know that, that word? It should mean free, which is why when you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that is built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, plus mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. Pure Talk saves the average family almost $1,000 a year. Plus, with Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company of excellent coverage. That coverage has been getting me through the day for the last couple of years. They're awesome. They don't hate you. So what do you have to lose? Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch over today. Which we all know. So Politico, even Politico is like, this is gaslighting. Politico has an entire piece today titled The Definition of Gaslighting. As chaos unfolds at Kabul Airport, Biden team projects calm. I don't think the president's rhetoric matches the conditions on the ground, one former State Department official said. Tens of thousands of Afghans awaiting U.S. visas and thousands of American citizens are still stuck in Kabul, unable to find safe passage through frantic crowds, Taliban checkpoints, and Afghan guards stationed outside the airport. Gunfire erupted outside of the north gate of Hamid Karzai International Airport on Monday, killing a number of Afghan security forces. American officials have repeatedly had to close the gates for extended periods, leaving guards to turn away even U.S. passport holders. Multiple sources point to deteriorating conditions inside the airport, including lack of power and sanitation. Tension has emerged between American troops on the ground and State Department officials trying to extract U.S. citizens and Afghan allies. Meanwhile, the West Wing is looking increasingly disconnected from reality as the Biden White House strives to project a sense of calm competence even as the Taliban tightens their grip on Afghanistan. If you look at what we're doing now and taking evacuating thousands of people every day, it has been a tremendous piece of work, said Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on Sunday. While the evacuation has significantly ramped up in recent days, says Politico, the reality on the ground belies the narrative the situation is under control. The scenes around Kabul airport have been marked by violence, disorganization, bureaucratic infighting and delays, according to video and text exchanges viewed by Politico. The result is an administration that appears increasingly out of touch as reports from Kabul continue to reflect a chaotic evacuation. I don't think the president's rhetoric matches the conditions on the ground, says Jenna Ben Yehuda, a 12-year veteran of the Bush and Obama State Department and president of the Truman Center, which is trying to evacuate Afghan allies. They keep saying this was inevitable. There was absolutely a way to avoid this. If that's not the definition of gaslighting, I don't know what is, said Chris Purdy, project manager of Veterans for American Ideals at Human Rights First. In order to speed the evacuation effort, defense officials in recent days proposed retaking Bagram Air Base. Using Bagram as an additional location for flights out of the country would help ease the backlog at Kabul. But the proposal was nixed because the White House and some Pentagon officials worried it would require deploying a large number of additional forces and could spark a conflict with the Taliban. 
It was discussed, but it was not a good option, said one senior defense official. Bagram would have been an airborne assault, just a huge operation. Would have looked like a re-invasion. You can't look like a re-invasion, guys. I mean, we're busy surrendering here. I don't know what you guys are, are doing, but well, we're surrendering around here. And if, if our surrender gets in the way of Americans leaving successfully, well, you know, surrender was really important because Joe Biden wanted to go to sleep at night knowing he had surrendered in Afghanistan. And he goes to sleep at like 630 at night. So we had to get out of there right quick. The Pentagon has acknowledged conducting only limited rescue operations within the city to bring Americans into the airport. But officials are running up against that August 31st deadline. And I don't think I've seen it characterized better than Richard Engel of NBC News did last night on NBC News. Here he was. This war used to be called Operation uh, Enduring Freedom. And it's turned out not to be enduring. And they're not leaving behind a society that is free. It is only free according to what the Taliban says it will be free. The Taliban promises that it will be free. So uh, you could also look at this as a tremendously humiliating moment of American humiliation, leaving, forced to leave on the Taliban's clock uh, and, and with the Taliban's good graces. That is correct. And that is Joe Biden's decision. There is no one else to blame for this except the old man who says the buck stops with him. So the American people have said the buck stops with him. Now the question is going to be where we go from here. How many Americans get left behind? How many Afghans get left behind? And will the American people continue to pressure the Biden administration to do the right thing and get people out? Or are they just going to forget about it the way that Joe Biden seems to think you will? Maybe he's just projecting his own short-term memory loss onto the American people. All right, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out The Michael Knowles Show. That is available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire 2021. Dr. Fauci sees his shadow and predicts another 207 days of lockdown. The White House admits that it will likely strand Americans in Afghanistan. And big banks finally do something right. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Michael Knowles Show.